So in terms of the, the Buddha's presentation, there's the uh, emphasis on generating particular kinds of feeling, Vedana, pleasure, essentially, generating pleasant feeling. Yeah, so, you know, it looks from the outside, Buddhist, Buddhist practice looks pretty kind of blank or cold or stark or unemotional because it's not tremendously expressive, but it's about generating a, a pleasant, sustainable, pleasant feeling um, in oneself, in one's body, in one's mind, in one's heart. Of course, generating feeling is what we do all the time, so it's hardly as if this is some kind of strangely artificial experience. We're always doing it. We go places to feel happy. We do things to feel confident. We do things to make us feel buoyant or light or released or relaxed or, you know, uh, carrying different kinds of senses of happiness, confidence, calm, steadiness, brightness, bubbliness, you know, what are we doing most of our lives is doing this. Or trying to at least put aside or assuage unpleasant feelings, difficult feelings, tension, tightness, dreariness. So this is kind of basic human activity. Because feeling is called, uh, is the thing that conditions the heart. And the heart Chitta, this is where the impulses and intentions and motivations come from. So when one's feeling kind of buoyant or happy or pleasant in oneself, then, you know, particular impulses come from that. And if one's feeling unpleasant, impulses come from that. Generally, if one's feeling happy or pleased, there's an, there can be an inclination towards getting more of it, greed, or it could be an inclination towards sharing it, you know, generosity, empathy, love, compassion. You know. So there's the generating of feeling, and then there's the also the what we do with that feeling, mm-hmm. generating that. And of course, when you see, you know, how a uh, pleasant feeling could go into a rather unwholesome state, greed or acquisitiveness or hanging on, or it could go into a wholesome state, such as sharing, generous, loving kind of qualities, you can see that actually the, the crucial factor is whether um, these whole trend or the inclination behind it is to do with material, uh, what we call material or samisa, the word is something like fleshly, but it implies a whole kind of worldly um, qualities or where it's very much get mine, hold on, or that it's called niramisa, which means spiritual or non-worldly, which is more of taking that feeling and generate, you you know, carrying that feeling through with a skillful intent, a skillful intention coming out of it. 
Mm-hmm. And so this is between Samisa and Niramisa. Samisa is associated with, you know, what's called worldly or selfish or, you know, sensual. Niramisa associated with spiritual or transcendent or something which we can all share in. You know, it's, it's more, it's not, it moves in that direction. It takes us out of our uh, narrowness to something grander and bigger. Niramisa. So naturally this is the kind of inclination we want to cultivate. Mm-hmm. When you have that in mind as you, as you practice, as you make those commitments to Dhamma, to to uplift, to be impeccable, to be uh, tolerant, to be generous, and so forth, to make those commitments to it, then this is the basis, you know, whereby one then has got a pathway, a direction. And then what are the kind of feelings, you know, how do we seek a feeling in that particular dimension? Call it the spiritual dimension or the transcendent dimension this is what mindfulness is for mindfulness is much more than just attention, it's attention plus attention is obviously bearing something in mind staying with it, but it also carries this sense of it's connecting to your your citta to your heart, to how you're affected so when you're mindful you really sense the effects things are having on you you know, so you can't mindfully, you know, the sort of question is, could you mindfully kill someone, you know, being taking every step carefully and with complete attention and focusing closely on the, on the sensations in your hands as you, as you stab them with your knife or whatever? Well, the answer would be, well, no, you could do it with a great attention, but not, not with mindfulness, because mindfulness is a sense of, What's happening? It's it's in touch with your intentions. Yeah. So it's, it's in touch with how this is affecting me. Mindfulness is based on a wholesome intention. Where attention can be, you know, wholesome or unwholesome. It's it's not connected. Mm-hmm. So this is why with uh, mindfulness, then it's not a kind of blank. Uh, neutral, numb sort of stare. It's actually sensing something as accompanied by sampajanya, full awareness, and sensing deeply. The whole picture. What's really going on with this? The intention, the energy of that so you, you know it's connecting so when we connect that we begin to sense when there's uh, you know certain inclinations of the mind there's a rather lovely feeling such as generosity uh, if one is a generous mood generous action generous inclination is quite a pleasant feeling goes along with that it's niramisa it's not sensual, but it's very, it's, it's lovely, it's light, it's happy. 
when one is honest, when one is truthful, there's a light, pleasant feeling that goes with that compared with one who is furtive or deceitful or hiding things, you know. When one is uh, covetous, that's an unpleasant feeling. So really this, uh, you know, connection to the feeling of the intentions, the feeling of the mind. And naturally, you know, we want to keep coming back every time we sit and meditate, every time, on every moment really, just to getting clear, not the thought of our intentions, but the feeling of them. And your thoughts can say just about anything. You know, thoughts are like politicians. <laughs> you know, you just, yeah, sure, sounds good, but, you know, so the, the feeling of, of that, be really honest. Because this is the, you know, only way one's going to learn. We can't say we're coming here snow white. But, okay, well, this one is something to let go of or to look, check again. Why, why, am, why am I, you know, resentful or fearful or agitated? Hmm, what's happening? So then investigation, second enlightenment factor. You start to say, where am I coming from? You know, um, can I put that aside? Can I come from somewhere different? Can I, you know, check this out again? You know, so routine, is it? Oh God, regimentation, which it can seem like, you know, regimented martial law. Or it could seem like steady, simple. Just come, you know, can I check it out? Is that, you know, how's this affecting me? Can I come from a different place of of um, emptying myself into a form that actually is, you know, set up to give a sense of solidarity, clarity, simplicity, and support. You know, things, things like this. <coughs> and renunciation is that denying or disapproving or is it just no this is because it makes life simple and clearer and lighter it's not some kind of hair shirt moralizing thing but this is for takes some of the weight off takes, and it shifts from the sensual you know, and we've got to recognize it's not just letting go of the Sensual, so we come to some kind of, some kind of blank state, which is what people often think about monastics. And in fact, sometimes it's true. <laughs> sometimes, you know, just go up in your heads and think about Buddhism. Or is it actually uh, um, saying, no, you know, I want to come back more into the happiness of, of presence, of mindfulness, the happiness of, of, uh, of calm, the happiness of freedom from remorse, the happiness of taking my time, the happiness of, of, uh, you know, of cultivating the skillful. So there can be this sense of, it's not just the letting go, it's also a picking up and a deliberately generating. Because this is what uh, conditions the mind. So you can't say, well, let, you know, uncondition. Well, the Buddha's teaching didn't put it that way. He said there's definitely a path to the unconditioned and it comes through happiness. 
mindfulness, then factors such as piti, rapture or joyfulness, and sukha, ease, tranquility, pasadi, soothing, um, calm, you know, loving kindness. These are all kind of very ample expression of uplifted, pleasant, pleasant mind states. <clears throat> so this is actually this was the, one of the striking features of the Buddha's teaching in, in his time, was, which he got criticized for, was he teaches pleasant feeling. And he said, pursue a pleasant feeling. You know, don't be frightened of it. Pursue it, but find it in, in yourself, in the niramisa, in the non-sensual. So mindfulness, skillful intentions, uh, aspiration, mindfulness. Which actually, when one is mindful, then then just that there is a steadying effect. So you start to almost get the sense of where this feeling comes from. It's from the almost like the nervous system being less jangled and uh, speedy. Is a, when you bear something in mind, sustain attention, you know, mindful attention, there is a steadying effect. If you receive that, there's a calming. It's a spacious kind of feel. It's not a great pressure to it. <clears throat> so one has to, you know, learn the taste. Because most uh, uh, sensual feeling it's got a lot of push in it. It pushes you know, towards pleasure. It's a pushing or pushing away from pain. It really pushes intensely. Whereas the kind of sense of steadiness and calm that arises is just not push. And that's part of the pleasure of it. The fact is one isn't being driven. So it's just it's subtler. And then shifting to that. Because it's it's steady and it's clearer. So within that quality of a kind of subtle, calm, steadying, you've got a lot more room to witness, to negotiate, to to contemplate, because you're not driven. You know, so you've got more space. Things slow down, things open up. And then the Buddha also uh, you know, taught first, first establishment mindfulness, mindfulness in the body. So again, this is something that uh, he could receive criticism for. This bodily stuff is sensual, carnal. Buddha teaches carnal delight. <laughs> These ascetics and of the age. And he'd say, well... Uh, not, not really, you know. It's not to do with sense contact. It's the, we would probably call it the nervous system in the body, or the chi, or the energy in the body. The prana. word now is pra- prana they use in India. It's prana in Pali. Similar thing. It's a kind of energy. And it's particularly um, directed and centered around the respiratory process which, as we know, is, is dominated by a, 
a reflex nerve. It, your nervous system is hooked up to breathing in and out. You can't stop it. You can suppress it, but you can't stop it. It's the biggest thing going. So it's such a central, your nervous um, energy system. So when we practice mindfulness of breathing, we're actually working on that. And this is where um, steadying, <coughs> calming, soothing, quietening, making, you know, letting the breath become more subtle, spreading it through the body, gives rise to a, a pleasant, uh, non-sensual feeling, feeling that's not generated through sense contact. And uh, this, coupled with uh, mindfulness and this sense of non-involvement with uh, worldly, sensual, is the first sense of viveka, kaya viveka, and then non-involved with uh, that, then we actually, um, what arises is a quality called Piti or joy, rapture. It starts off as a kind of um, settledness, feeling of spaciousness, feeling of uh, like getting into the bathtub. Something rests. You know, the, the, the nervous pushing or jangling, tension rests. And that alleviation of pressure is felt as a kind of uplift. You know, so when you push on something and then you, then you relax the push, there's a little kind of flush that comes after that. Yeah. You know, when you do some work and then you sit down as a kind of... Uh, a little flush comes with it. You know, so this is, we experience this, this kind of slight thing in in many activities. Go for a walk, take your boots off. There's that, ah, oh, you know. <laughs> so this uh, and this is a this is a kind of small portion of what of what's a, of the nervous effect of just coming out of stress of tension, coming out of a highly activated state. So, so the mindfulness and then the steady being with the breathing can take one out of the more twitchy or contracted or stale energies. And there's a sense of subtle relief that comes with that. And if you, if that you know, stay with that process, that quality of relief becomes slightly more buoyant, like you're really sitting in the bathtub, it's bigger, and then you start to float in it. It starts to lift. It's associated with the relief from the five hindrances, which are often associated with uh, staleness, so we get dull, and we get restless because our energies don't feel very good. Heart doesn't feel good. We get crabby, tetchy, 
It's because we're not rested. We're not at ease in ourselves. So we get crabby or tetchy or stale or grumpy and then we, want, then we get greedy for some hit to take us out of that. So the five hindrances really, you know, get their <coughs> food from, from, it, from uh, unbalanced energy. And of course, you know, the thinking mind can happily provide topics for those to fit those energies because the systems run together. The body energy, the heart energy, and the and the thought energy are all they're all sankaras and they're like three brothers and they just work as a team. You know, so when your body feels out, your heart gets unhappy, and then your thinking starts moaning. You know or being pitiful, something like that, or finding fault. The first thing we do is actually cooperate with the system to bring around, generate the more, the quality of rapture, uplift. This really helps because it's it's also, (coughs) you know, it's the rapture that comes from the niramisa, from the non-material. Most of a lot of our rapture can come from, you know, other sources such as, you know, joy in beauty or uh, I get a lot of joy in creating things. It's not unskillful, but it's not. It's not. Um, it's not. It's not as. It's not nirami, so it's associated with external activities. Nothing wrong with that. But um, also, it's a sense. Well, yeah. But how long can I keep doing this for? Uh, it's associated with that. So then, can we also find joy in our own presence, in our own being, in our own hearts? So you know, when the body breaks up. One isn't, as many people are when their bodies break up, kind of crabby and grouchy and, you know, (laughs) there's some sense of serenity around that. So we look for where this uh, rapture, this joy comes from, and it's, uh, you know, it's associated with this... uh, being a, a, nerve, a sense of being with, so it's associated with mindfulness, being with, and wholesomeness, good intention, you know, that, and, then, and then connecting that to a body. So you've got the three, you know, you've got kind of a quality of heart intention, a, a quality of deliberate applying your, your mind, and then the body settled body and three coming together generate a, 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 a feeling that's that's strong enough to be able to resist and, and not be affected by discomfort physical discomfort or mental agitation yeah. 
So it's also it's, it's able to, to withstand, you know, the irritating sensory world, which can be irritating at times. Now that, when that comes to this, this is the first, we say the first level of collectedness or samadhi. It's when, uh, you know, one isn't, when you've got something other than just the external sense contact or thinking to to bring up feeling. As you know, when we sit still, then so often what kicks in is you know, thinking and the feelings that come with that, the moods, the perceptions that come with that, and then bodily twinges, the feelings and perceptions that come with that. So it's really good to to recognize this is what's going to happen. All of us have access to distressing thoughts, distressing perceptions, distressing physical sensations, about ourselves, you know, thoughts about others, thoughts about ourselves. And then, you know, you, you have the time to, to generate something that's going to not deny all that, but give you a, a calm, serene place to address that from. So what is it just kind of caged in by feeling and ricocheting with it? This is a kind of way in which really you get a strong sense that the the world of circumstance is not a, is not your trap. You're not trapped in it. You're not just kind of shuttling around trying to find a comfy place or a reasonable place in it. So the the first real you know experience of transcendence, you might say, comes with this, with a, on the feeling level. And it's something that's not a matter of a thought or a belief or an idea, but it's directly sensed. So the quality of, uh, in terms of the enlightenment factors of mindfulness and then investigation, really look into, uh, and then kind of applied energy, virya. And this is, of course, uh, another important bit. What is the kind of energy that uh, brings around this buoyant, uplifted feeling? Too slack, doesn't work. Too tight, doesn't work. Force it, trying to get there. 
that's not going to do it because that you can sense when you're mindful you can sense the applications you get a sense you're mindful of the quality of effort and the effects of it immediately you know when you tighten up you can feel that contracting or the of that when you loosen right off you can feel the sense of that it becomes kind of formless and washy and then too tight and too loose and somewhere in there you're getting the right balance and breathing is offered as a as a useful um, tool or just body in general but breathing particularly because uh it it uh, it requires a continual effort, but not a heavy effort. You know, it's just a it's quite a gentle thing. And if you tighten up, it doesn't work. But if you there's a gentle kind of do, touch it, touch it, touch it, touch it. So it actually does um, kind of monitor the quality of effort. Does monitor it. So you can you know, it has to purify one sense of effort. You can work with breathing if you really you feel kind of dull and sleepy, or then just uh, breathe all the way out and stop breathing. Certainly, you know, slow it down, stop it. Often, sleepiness is associated with a kind of shallow panting. Uh, uh. You can hear it sometimes when we're getting sleepy. It's kind of, it's kind of, <laughs> you know, that, that sound. I think it's just, uh, you know, it's all half asleep. And then just, uh, you know, the, generally we feel just gulp more in, but it doesn't work that way. It's best to, Restrict, slightly take less, even deliberately stop and hold your hold on the out breath for count for five seconds more than you normally breathe in. You know, just you feel the normal inclination to breathe in. Just wait five seconds, a little bit of tension build up, and then as it, as you breathe in, slow down the rate of breathing in. So you know, this is a fairly um, you might say coarse, and yet it is, it's direct, it does have an effect, it does work, and it does take us out of, starts to, uh, we start to acknowledge that our breathing pattern itself is sankara, it's called the kaya sankara, which means it is associated with conditioning, it's conditioned, fabricated, uh, not consciously, not through decision, but through energy patterns, through Withdrawal or through agitation, you know, when we get emotionally aroused, how your breathing changes. You panic, your breathing changes. You sleep, your breathing changes. You feel bored, your breathing changes. You know, so it's very much conditioned by, you know, emotional reflexes, by psychological reflexes that we're not really conscious of. So, you know, getting, you know, so you're actually clearing the kaya sankara. So it becomes more, you know, really doing what it should do, which is steadying your energy. Mm.
by and large it seems that uh, breathing less is what most everyone needs to to do mm-hmm. and, and letting, letting the breath go away in abdominal breathing rather than chest breathing so you relax your shoulders relax your chest try to not use your chest when you breathe so you can just kind of let it come from the belly it's like pulling and then drawing into the nostrils and keeping the rest of the body loose and open mm-hmm. so you get you get a very full but thread and this has the function of both lengthening you know the breath pattern because it goes all the way down into the body and at the same time refining it so it's fine slowing it and actually this generates more energy and lets it suffuse through the whole body so the mind can become very bright like that that's just a kind of little piece of something to to, to work with so if mindfulness you know is neutral but it doesn't rule out you know action you, you, know, you witness and then energy you apply in accordance with witness don't just witness in a sort of you know ineffectual way you witness it in order to learn and you're learning where do you feel where is it going to feel more comfortable where is it going to feel more settled where is it going to feel fuller clearer cleaner brighter you know that's in the niramisa in the transcendent or non-sensual sphere that's that's your it's the path way and then the mind will open into that and calm and become more serene and uh, this is both useful for investigation in that the mind is not muddied and for insight and you can view things more clearly with less uh, bias going on